Hello, my name is Juan Alvarez and you're listening to the Slapcast. Hey everyone, what is up? Three weeks into the new year already and my head is spinning, but all in good ways and no, there was no wine involved. Okay, that's a lie. If you missed last week's episode, I encourage you to listen to that one first. This isn't really a two-parter, but they relate to one another, so it might be good to do that. I talked about connecting meaningfully with yourself, and when you listen to today's podcast and you listen in on our guest, Juan Alvarez, you'll see how the two of those are just, just fit really well together. Just a couple reminders, you can find this podcast where all podcasts are found. Please do us a favor, like and subscribe, share it with your friends. We'd so appreciate that kindness. And if you want to reach us, we are at Relay Leadership on all the socials and our email is info at RelayLeadership.org. Oh, I got that wrong. It's actually Slapcast at RelayLeadership.org. I always miss that. Okay, a reminder on some really neat upcoming learning opportunities. We do have our first public Care to Lead session of 2020. It's coming up next month, February 26th. Care to Lead is our in-house created model for personal and professional change inspired by servant leadership. You can learn more and register. Just go to relayleadership.com slash care to lead. This is a one-day workshop. It is here local in Columbus, but for those of you who are not local, I want you to know about something coming up in April. We're gonna start offering a subscription to Relay. The subscription's gonna have lots of benefits to it. One of the coolest things we're gonna start offering though is a monthly group coaching call. It's actually more than a call. It's not just a conference call. It's gonna be like a broadcast, right? So what's really awesome about that is it's less than 60 bucks a month to get on that coaching call, which is pennies on the dollar compared to what group coaching actually costs, which is around 200 to $250 a person for set for a session. So you want to pay attention when that subscription is released. You want to get signed up so that you can join us for those monthly calls. It's going to be a great way for you to connect with the rest of the Relay community. So as I mentioned on today's episode, I have one of my favorite executive coaches and well-known coach here in Columbus, Ohio, Juan Alvarez. He's a mindful leadership coach. While I know it's a lifelong process, Juan really helped me bring mindfulness and meditation into my own everyday experience. He helped me bring a lot more peace into my life, into my work. He is so genuine, so kind. I cannot wait for you to hear what he has to say and for you to meet Juan Alvarez. So let's roll. Welcome to the Slapcast Wine. I am so excited that you're here with me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. And I was sharing with the audience just before you joined me how excited I was and how you have helped me personally bring mindfulness and meditation into my everyday life, my work life and mm-hmm. beyond. A lot of us think, including me, before I met you and before we started meeting, that meditation is something that I do. It's a, it's a moment in time. And of course it can be that. Mm-hmm. But before I started working with you, 
Um, I had no concept of how meditative practices can be brought into my life and woven really throughout my day to create more mindfulness. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to let you talk about that more in a moment. That's why you're here today. Um, But I just wanted to acknowledge that because that was a new concept for me and something that has really fundamentally changed, number one, the way I experience my everyday life, Mm -hmm. and number two, how I show up in my world. And so thank you for that. Of course, my yeah. pleasure. <laughs> now, take us back a little bit. Give mm-hmm. us a little bit of your background mm-hmm. and a little bit about your life. All right. Well, um, well I spent uh, around 18 years or so uh, as a CEO, uh, working as a CEO in several companies in, in Europe and then in the U.S., uh, never thought I was going to be a business person at all. Like when I was younger, I thought I was going to be a mountain guide and spend all my life climbing mountains. But <laughs> um, my father, he was an entrepreneur. Uh, he passed away and I inherited his his company very young. Uh, and then that led me into this journey of uh, entrepreneurship and business executive management. Um, and at some point I realized, uh, well, the businesses we run... Um, they're going quite well. The, the PNL shows that that we're doing good, but I'm not doing well personally at all. Mm. <laughs> like the the, su- the success of, of the businesses that I used to run didn't translate into my personal well-being at all. And then I started into this journey of studying and learning, like how can I improve. Uh, my experience in the world, because uh, definitely, like by improving the health of of our companies, uh, th- that doesn't necessarily relate into uh, or translate into improving my my general well being. And right. through that exploration, uh, I met this Buddhist monk. Uh, I'm from Spain, so this was uh, like twenty some years ago in in Madrid. Uh, and he started teaching me mindfulness, meditation, all the things he learned in Nepal when he was a monk in, in a monastery, but um, uh, in a secular way. Not, not, he didn't t- teach me the religion, but he taught me lots of practices and kind of a philosophy of life that could help me. And then when I took it seriously uh, and I started practicing the, the things he said, then I realized, oh, this works. <laughs> so and then I, I decided uh, I'm, I'm going to bring some of these into my fellow uh, CEOs and um, business executives. And I started teaching this. And somehow I become uh, like a mindfulness teacher for, for business leaders or, or executives. And I've been doing this for six or seven years now. Now, thank you for that. This is something that you grew into as a result of that experience. You also have some formal training in coaching, correct? Mm-hmm. What, yes. Tell, tell <clears throat> us a little bit about that. Yes. Uh, when I was the CEO of the last company uh, I, I worked for uh, in Boston, I hired a coach, an executive coach for myself. And I loved it, loved the experience. And uh, I didn't know I was a, I was going to become a coach then, but I said, well, I need to... I need to acquire the skills that this person has, that this coach has, because it's going to make me a better leader. So I went to coaching school. As I was leading the company, I went to coaching school and, and certified as a coach. And halfway into the program, I, I realized, oh, this could be, this could be a way for me to uh, like step out of the of the executive management world and start doing something different with my life. Yeah. I want to go back briefly. 
you made a comment that the business was doing well, but that didn't translate into your well-being. Mm -hmm. I think it might help people to maybe identify something in themselves because here's the thing with me, I was unwell at work for many years, but I did not know, meaning I thought that's how it always was. Yes. And I thought my um, unhealth or not being well at work was actually the way everyone felt and that there was nothing I could do about it. And yes. so what are some of the, whether you want to talk about it in terms of results or how you felt or whatever is most meaningful to you, mm -hmm. but what were some of those things that you realized that make you say, I wasn't well, even though the business was doing well? Yes. Well, I think we can sum it up in one word, which is a lot of suffering. Mm. Yeah. And that showed up in my experience in many ways. Like I was depressed for uh, almost 10 years, uh, ac actively having medication for, for that. I used to um, take like easily four or five anxiety pills every day just to get through the day. Like I had a lot of anxiety. And also um, I had uh, uh, difficulties ma managing my my emotions. So I would get angry very often and I would snap at people like at the office or meetings or even at, at home. Like I didn't know how to manage myself. Basically, I didn't know how to lead myself uh, yeah. in any way. Yeah. So th those, those were things that like in the end, all of the, all of that, those experiences were, uh, very painful and, and a lot of suffering. Uh, I experienced the world uh, with, with a lot of suffering, yes. For, I believe that, unfortunately, pain sometimes, for me at least, <laughs> is that teacher or sort of like a, mm -hmm. a warning light, like on our car. Um, it's, it actually can be quite benign, meaning the, the signal itself is powerless. Yes. Um, but when we ignore the signal, um, suffering can occur, as you say, pain can occur. Mm -hmm. um, the way I talk about it in some of our programs is even damaging feelings, things that cause us to show up in ways that either we're exactly. not proud of and that could eventually maybe even be damaging to others. Exactly. That's, that's, uh, that's exactly the point. Um, as a leader, you, you have a lot of influence in the lives of other people. Yeah, when you think about it, your team, uh, your clients, your community, uh, your investors, if you have them, your vendors, like all of those people have you in common. Yeah? And if you're not well and you're miserable inside or have difficulties, those, those are going to translate in the way you, take, you make decisions, uh, in the way you lead your company, in the way you run your meetings. And you have the potential of, of both making a lot of people miserable or a lot of people happy, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, uh, and and that's the area where I like to work now. Like I, I like to think that I, by helping the business leaders, that I help uh, experience life with a little bit more peace and, and calmness. I'm helping thousands of other people indirectly uh, as a result of of them uh, learning to lead themselves a little bit better. From personal experience, I would have to agree that that's what you accomplish. Mm -hmm. When you work with clients and they come to you, they also they, they obviously or they must have some sort of initial awareness around their need of, of help, is yes. how I'm gonna put it. When you're working with people, 
at least it's my assertion that everything really just starts with awareness, that really all we can do is be more aware. And so in that awareness, how do you help people that are less? Because when I first got started down this path, and I took an assessment, and I told you about this privately, about this assessment once before, and this assessment helped me see how much pain I was in, how often I was in that much pain, and revealed to me through a coaching, a previous coaching experience that I actually didn't have to live that way. But until I saw that, like I said, I thought all of this was normal and this was just the way it was, what it was meant to be like to be working, to have a job, to be in leadership. How do you help people or how do you catalyze, if at all, because I don't know, the answer might be you don't. How do you catalyze some of that awareness so that a client can potentially become more willing or to engage more in a process so that you can accomplish some of those things that you're setting mm. out to do as part of your motivation for yes. helping. Yes, awareness is the key uh, for everything because without awareness, you cannot take care of the of the issue because you're not aware of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, um, it's hard you know, to, to um, seduce <laughs> someone just because you see their pain doesn't mean they're ready to address it. Yeah? yeah. So all my clients, they come to me when they already know that there's something that is not going well and I want to improve it. So I don't spend much time trying to convince anybody that you need to do this work, you need to, uh, this can potentially change your life. Um, they, when they arrive to me, they already know and they're looking, actively seeking for, for some solutions or something that can help. So I don't, I don't spend much time uh, trying to explain uh, to, to anybody like, if this is, potent, this is, this is good for you. Okay. Um, what so no I one's help, sending you, oh, here's my problem leader. Will you fix them for me? <laughs> I would, I would never do that. Okay. And I, I, I had requests in that in that regard like perhaps previous people I work with saying oh you need to fix my executive team now no if they want to I will if yeah. they don't I, we, there's nothing we can do yeah. like I spent plenty of years myself there you know like uh, suffering and and uh, thinking that well this is it this is this is the way things go and um, operating under those beliefs you know uh, is when you, you sometimes they just uh, find someone that is liberated, find someone that is experiencing life differently, and that inspires them to see, oh, yeah. perhaps I can be that person too. I'm going to try. And then when they're willing to try, then is when I come into the picture. That makes total sense. Now, when you're working with this, these people, I, I, I speak about you, and you've even said this of yourself, that the kind of coach you are is you, you coach around mindful leadership. So mm -hmm. give us your take on mindful leadership. What does that mean? What, what does that look like in a coaching relationship? How do you foster this mindful leadership? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, we can go back a little bit about what you said in, at the beginning of the interview. Um, meditation <clears throat> um, is just an exercise. It's a tool. It's a, a resource that it's there um, that helps you develop certain skills to achieve something when you're not meditating. Yeah? So the point of meditation, the whole point of meditation is to, to provide you a, a, a development, some skills, some 
uh, evolution that then, then will have an impact in the way you experience life, a positive impact in the way you experience life. So the point is not to become an excellent meditator. And again, I can meditate for eight hours every day, but then when I'm not meditating, my life is still a mess. No, that's not the point. Uh, the point is that that practice, then we need to bring it, and what we are, we are achieving through the practice, we need to bring it into our lives. And that is what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is just um, a different system hmm, mm -hmm. to operate under. Yeah? A system that's based on presence and on inner awareness. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we, what we accomplish through, through meditation is that we increase the ability to be present and we, are, we increase the ability to see what's happening inside of ourselves, uh, to be more present with your inner experience. Like I'm, my mind is very agitated right now or I have a lot of negativity in my mind. And that is activating a lot of negativity in my body. I feel anxious, I feel scared, I feel angry, I feel sad. And to be there when you are experiencing this moment, to realize what's going on with me. Because when you realize what's going on with me, then you can do something about it. Right. But if you're not there, if you're not conscious, if you're not present, then you live life through like an aut autopilot. Yeah? That old patterns in the mind, old patterns in your emotional state keep replicating themselves. Right. And your past becomes your future because uh, you're not in the present moment, which is the only moment in which you can uh, exercise any influence in the way you feel. I, what I love about that so much is at no time did you say in that comment or to me when I worked with you, to ignore or to push away, to reject or resist any of those emotions, no matter how negative they were, that it was like I could accept them as a, being a part of me. And by simply doing that, I was being present with them. And I became more and more aware then of how often I was trying to escape those feelings the anxiety or whatever, which only created more anxiety because exactly. I'm not addressing what was causing the anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so it, it was such a simple shift for me, but I, I wanted to highlight it because so much of my wiring, and I don't know if this is everybody, but it is true for me, is to avoid pain or negative emotion. Absolutely. And that's the problem. Um if we are going to if we are going to cure uh, or or address or uh, release our negativity, we need to we need to manage it. We need to be there where the negativity is happening. Yeah, but, and that's not comfortable and it's not pleasant. Definitely not, but it's the only way. You know, the the problem is that when we when we experience a difficult uh, internal state, more often than not, we either turn our attention somewhere else and ignore it's there, or we, we try to produce an experience of pleasure, mm. momentarily experience of pleasure that overrides the discomfort. You can drink a glass of wine or eat a cookie or run eight miles or put the TV on. Like whatever I can do <clears throat> to feel different. Yeah, But none of those things uh, help you address the 
the emotional discomfort. The only thing that you, you, you need to do is to train yourself to remain there. Yeah. And, and for that, you need to be present. And then, you, as you said, you need to accept that this is happening. What are the, is the only way. I'm sorry. <clears throat> what are the obstacles that leaders face to becoming more present and mindful then? Oh, they have plenty on, on their plates. I would say the number one is um, they, they are called, in, in, they're steered in so many directions. Like there's so many things that depend on them that they are, like most of their time, their attention is always exclusively focused outward because they have to be here, they have to be there, they have to think about this, they have to think about that, now this meeting, now this other meeting. So they have not developed uh, any inner awareness at all because um, they're called to be in so many places, yeah. in, in so many um, activities. And uh, more often than not, more than they can um, physically do, like uh, time management is, is very, very difficult for them. So. Uh, lots of things taking their attention away from themselves, I would say, is the main obstacle. So one of the practical ways that I've heard you talk about um, overcoming that obstacle, and I'm sure it's not one of the only, I'm sure it's not the only way, but it was to be more present with, with oneself was to just notice what's around you. And even if it's noticing, you know, my left leg hurts a little bit or noticing a tree that I've passed, or that something looks different on the road, or whatever. When I notice what's physically around me, the physical world is always in the ever-present moment, whereas my mind can, quote-unquote, time travel, right? It can go mm -hmm. into the future and, and worry and be in fear. It can go into the past and live in regret and resentment and anger. But my physical presence, like the physical... Um, my body, this world, this table, like things that I can feel and touch are ever present. And so that was one of the things that helped me bring more presence into my everyday life. Is there anything else that you've suggested to folks that works really well to overcoming that obstacle of not being present with what's going on and always being outwardly focused? Exactly. Yes. Um, Bringing your attention to the present moment, <clears throat> uh, it's essential. Not just because if you're present as you do whatever you're doing, the quality of, of that task is, is going to be enhanced because you're fully there, like whether that is I'm writing an email or I'm talking on the phone or I'm reading this report, whatever you're doing. If you're fully present, um, well, the, the quality of, of that action is going to be uh, increased but it's important because it also gives you the opportunity to check how am I doing mm -hmm. yeah so there's a rudimentary kind of like superficial level of presence that can happen is like yes I realize I'm here in my environment in this moment the, the color of this moment the light the movement the sound the light everything that's happening here but then a, a, another layer of presence is what's happening inside of me as I am here. So what we do to train our attention to come into the present moment, which is something that the attention doesn't normally do, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, is to start paying attention to seemingly insignificant things that are happening now. Like I'm stopped here with my car in this red light. 
And instead of letting my mind kidnap my attention into more thinking, future, past, I just allow myself to be here and watch the red light. Or I'm drinking a glass of water, or I'm brushing my teeth, or I'm putting my boots on. Yeah? That is, is very helpful because, as you said, your body is always present, the matter is always present. Right. So whenever you connect your attention with what's here, you're present. And that creates a, a break yeah, in, in, in the incessant thinking, thinking that happens in the mind, which is what takes you away from the present moment. And it is yeah. such a break. Because when I first started doing this, both meditating and being more, using some of these tactics to become more present and my just practicing the, with those tools, there were times that I was overcome with just a sense of gratitude, I guess, mm -hmm. and an awareness of just a lot of good in my life, that it was emotionally overwhelming. I realized how much I've been escaping, but when I escape, I escaped. I don't get to pick and choose. When I leave the present moment, I'm also leaving all the good. I might also temporarily be escaping something negative, but I'm also escaping all this other positive. And so I was overcome with that for a while, and yes. it was actually... Um, not difficult to handle, but it was unexpected. It was unexpected. And it was a good thing that happened. And um, I actually had to figure out how to manage that too and have an outlet for that. So that was a really interesting thing that was achieved for me. What are some other things that your clients tell you that they're achieving as a result of this work mm -hmm. around mindful leadership? Yes. Well, it shows up in many different ways, but in, at the core what the, the number one result that one practitioner is going to achieve is peace, mm. which then it shows up in their lives in plenty, plenty uh, of different ways. But at the core of, of this is when I overcome uh, the negativity, when I learn how to be present with my negativity and process it and release it, what's left is my default state of peace mm? that that state that has ever has been ever present in in me since i was born mm -hmm. like when you arrived in the world you were not anxious and 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 uh, uh angry mm? and it's it's about coming back there that this work is about releasing what's not doesn't belong doesn't belong to you yeah that you've you've uh, accumulated over the years of interacting with the world in a in a, an unhealthy way, and coming back to your to your core, which is peace. Then peace then shows up in in many ways in be better business, better relationships, um, all sorts of manifestations in the in the world. But at the core is coming back to to your inner peace. Yeah. And when you describe that to me, you use the phrase. Unconditional love. Yes. I don't know if you remember thing. that. For yeah. me, it's the same thing. It was yes. very beautiful. <laughs> it was a very beautiful way to think that we came into this world out of unconditional love and trying to find our way back to that. And that's what this mm -hmm. brings as a like, sort of like a big macro idea, I think. Yes. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Slapcast. I love it. I could just talk for another hour about this kind of stuff. I love it. <laughs> I do want to ask you one more question, though. Of course. Um, I would like to know... How can people get in touch with you? How can they connect with you if they want to learn more, coach with you, etc.? Mm -hmm. Well, um, the easiest way would be to visit my website, 
which is uh, one-alvarez.com. Okay. And there's all the information, my phone number and everything is there. Wonderful. Yes. Well, thank you again for joining us on the Slapcast. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.